Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is David Chesnowski. Thanks for being on the show, David. Thanks, Whitney. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. You have a specialty. You've been in this field for a number of years, and you have a specialty that each of us need to be more specialized in, I'm sure, or know somebody like yourself that knows the details of this part of the business that's so important. But before we get into it, though, a little about David. He's based in San Francisco and specializes in the acquisition, marketing, and leasing of multifamily investment properties with primary focus on leasing. He started in leasing and property management of investment properties in 2004 and went on to run the leasing departments of two of the largest landlords in San Francisco. As a member of Compass Brokerage, he serves the requirement of his clients looking to lease a a flat purchase or sell a property or helps them secure an individual or institutional investment. So David, you know, before we get into the details of leasing and why that's so important, you know, give the listeners a little more about who you are and your background. Yeah, no problem. As you mentioned, I am an agent with Compass Brokerage, but I do own my own leasing business uh, within Compass. It's called Renting SF. Started in multifamily leasing and property management in 2004. I'm actually from the Bay Area. I'm from the uh, town called Burlingame, which is about 20 minutes south of San Francisco. My dad's from San Francisco, so I spent a lot of time as a kid in San Francisco. My dad was actually in construction. He was a plaster. So I spent a lot of time around, you know, uh, homes and apartments and helping him on the weekends and the summers. And I just, I just love real estate and I love the city of San Francisco. And, you know, like I said, I I got into leasing and property management in 2004. I actually managed a 61 unit corporate apartment building in Knob Hill, San Francisco. So I did everything. I managed the maid service. I, you know, handled the maintenance. I did leasing. I did accounting. So that was kind of my first foray into real estate, multifamily real estate in San Francisco. And I learned a ton. And then from there, I've, I've went on to work with some, some, some of the biggest investment groups running their leasing divisions. And I've also, you know, leased obviously a ton of, of apartments myself. Wow. Okay. So a leasing business. So, so what, if you're running a leasing business, what, what are you going to do for an operator? So we pretty much do everything. So the way it's set up in San Francisco, which I'm sure is, is different than other cities and, and even other major cities. So I will go meet with an owner operator and I basically would say, look, I can handle all of your leasing for you. So I'm going to come in. I will help you with, you know, actually even taking a step further back, if they want some assistance or they want guidance on like, how should I, maybe should I make some changes to the unit? Should I add something? Should I remodel it this way? You know, what color should I paint it? stuff like that. So I'll give them advice on that based on, you know, what renters want and what they're looking for. After that, we do it all. We handle the photography, do all the marketing, you know, build all the ads, put them up on all the different rental websites. I mean, there's 70 different rental websites now that we advertise on, including Craigslist, which actually Craigslist, believe it or not, in San Francisco is still probably the best rental website to get leads from renters. And it's free. Zillow is probably number two. So I do all the advertising. We do all the tours. So, you know, obviously we're, we're selling the neighborhood. We're selling the, the prop, the building, selling the unit. 
We handle running the applications. We send out the lease using the, the San Francisco, San Francisco Apartment Association lease. And then we even help with kind of a key exchange move-in handoff to the owner or the property manager. Okay. So uh, through that whole leasing process and really you're, it's neat that like a, you know, just a, a niche of the management business that, I mean, you're focused on and to do it so well, you know, it, it's great because I, I can see like that's a, you know, all the day-to-day grind that a management company is going through and operating an entire property. I mean, the leasing portion is so important. It's crucial, you know? And so I can see where there could be real big value in hiring someone that's an expert and that can just focus on that. But then also your market expertise, like you're talking about, and this is something I think that a lot of people don't think about or take for granted is like having somebody like yourself on the team that understands the market well enough that you can say, well, this is what a lot of other units are, are look like. And this is what we should have in this unit to get the most rent, or this is what people are looking for, this type of countertops or this type of color or carpet or whatever. So I can see the value there having somebody with that expertise, especially long-term with that unit. I mean, 70 different rental sites and knowing where, I mean, how to even make all that happen. Back us up, I guess, a little bit. And let's walk through that a little bit as far as you're going to help us lease this unit. What are some things in the unit we need to be thinking about that we haven't talked about when we're thinking about, you know, renting to the most qualified applicant? Absolutely. Okay. So two, the two most important things about a renter or what a renter is looking for and I got this actually from, uh, I think it was a Trulia study that was done a, a while ago, but it hasn't, definitely hasn't changed and definitely not in, in, uh, in San Francisco. So number one, of course, is location of the unit. Number two is laundry. So, you know, laundry and unit. And then I'm sure probably not too far away, especially in San Francisco, because they, you know, they, in San Francisco, they say that pets are the new kids, but allowing pets in units. So allowing dogs, that'll definitely help your rent. And that's just from a, uh, so from, um, yeah, amenity standpoint, then I guess, you know, with the pets, I mean, a lot of of landlords sometimes don't want to allow pets, but that's totally fine, but there's value there. And then, yeah, I mean, in terms of like the unit, they're open floor plans, open layouts, opening kitchens, nice light colors, neutral colors, stainless steel appliances, hardwood floors, of course, you know, exposed brick. This is my office, actually. I'm not in an apartment, but you can get an exposed brick wall, really. And this is, once again, this is San Francisco, urban, make it urban. But people like in San Francisco for for rentals, I personally think that a lot of people, some people like brand new and shiny. They have that now. We're finally starting to build some some inventory of, of buildings. But a lot of them like the older classic apartment buildings built in the 20s and 30s. But then when they walk in the unit, they want it remodeled. They want it, they want it modernized. They want it new. You know, they want laundry in unit. They want mm. new appliances. They want a gas stove. They want hardwood floors. What about location? We focus on location a lot, and obviously it matters a ton. I mean, you said that's the number one thing, like location of these units or of your property, where that is. But what about even like on a on a large apartment community? I was just thinking about even the location on that property, like close to parking or close to the park or close to you know, I don't know, anything there we should be thinking about, or maybe we could charge more if they're closer to the parking lot, as opposed to, you know, the, I don't know, the playground. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. I'm going to kind of divide up, because um, you mentioned large apartment communities. So we have a lot of those now. Neighborhoods like uh, South Market, uh, Mission Bay, Dog Patch, Mid Market is re- mainly where in San Francisco, where a lot of these large apartment buildings have been built. 
So within there, those are new apartments, non-rent control. So anything, rent control apartment buildings, if it's, if it's San Francisco rent control, if an apartment building was built before 1979, it's considered rent control. That's within San Francisco rent control. If it's, now there's new California state rent control now. So if a building was built 15 years ago, so now 2005 or sooner, it falls under statewide California rent control. So they're different. But, you know, San Francisco rent control, what is more strict trumps the other one? But there are, there's dates in there that, that you have to pay attention to. So I do a lot of leasing for a lot of older apartment buildings in the neighborhoods, in different neighborhoods. So in terms of like pricing a unit and how I price a unit, absolutely. All those things you, you said, it can be, you know, it's on the top floor. It's, it's obviously this, this unit is a little bit bigger than the other one. So you really have to price these units when they hit the market by the unit. I always tell my clients, never comp or, or price your units off of Zillow, like Zestimates. No offense, Zillow. Like I love working with Zillow. They send me a ton of leads. It's great. But, or Craigslist, you know, because those are asking rents. Those aren't achieved actual, you know, rents. So right. yeah, you really have to look at even the season too. The busier season of leasing in San Francisco is, you know, March or April, all the way until kind of mid-October. So it's a little slower in the, in the winter months. But yeah, square footage, location of the unit. Does it have a view? Is it close to a park? Is it close to, you know, in San Francisco, is it close to a shuttle stop? Is it close to like the Google shuttle stop or the Apple shuttle stop or the Facebook shuttle stop? Because you have a lot of people, employees that live or that work in Silicon Valley, but they shuttle back and forth every day between San Francisco. And a lot of those larger tech companies, like I said, like Facebook, Google, Apple, they have shuttle services that run from San Francisco to their campuses and then back at the end of the day. So if it's close to a shuttle stop, of course, Retails, is it a block off of, you know, a main street that has a lot of cool restaurants, bars, cafes? So there's a lot that goes into it uh, in terms of coming up with a price and putting it out on the market. A lot of great things there to, to think about when we're thinking about location. And the number two thing you mentioned, it was laundry in the unit. So that's the importance of things that are in the unit. You say that's, I mean, that's our number two thing. Like we need laundry in the unit. Yeah, you'd be surprised how much the rent, you know, a lot of a lot of the older buildings will have laundry in the building, but these days, yeah, if you can have a laundry unit inside the unit, it's kind of harder to do with older buildings, you know, mm-hmm. but if you can do that, yeah, you'd be surprised the increase in rent that you can achieve by having it in the unit, it's just something that people really want. And believe, I lived in all oh, these old rent control buildings and I, I love it. And, and then I, I moved to a, a unit that had laundry in unit and it's very nice to have. You know, and then once you have it, it's like kind of hard to go back. And but yeah, it's you know, like I said, it's a, it's an amenity. It's a, it's a value add, and it's it's valuable, especially in San Francisco. You know, a lot of the the newer buildings, pretty sure that almost all of them are are probably adding laundry and unit, whether it's a nice stackable or if it's a you know maybe an under the counter. And that's the other thing too is that I've seen the value in when I talk about a laundry unit. You know. Depends on the size of the unit, but you know it doesn't have to be like a side-by-side large washer dryer because you're talking about in San Francisco a lot of the apartments that I use apartment units that I rent studios one bedrooms two bedrooms they're three hundred to a thousand square feet so there's not a ton of space so even if it's a nice little combo washer dryer that you can put under the counter in a kitchen you know and those combo washer dryers they wash pretty well they don't dry very well from what I've heard but still just at least my wife hang dries all of our clothes and we have a stackable washer dryer. We could probably do a combo because we take everything out. We just hang dry it. And, you know, but even that will create some, some nice value. And is that expected per 
class of, of unit. You know, I would say like there's certain markets where like, okay, class C units are known to, they, they'll have a laundry facility on site, but probably won't you know, have any laundry or washer and dryers in the units. And that's kind of expected. Let's say, you know, in a class C property where, you know, if we put it in there, then now, or it's known that class B is, you know, usually going to have it inside. Is that typical as well? No, that's a really good question. So let's see, from an apartment community standpoint in San Francisco now, rents have gone up so much. It's pretty hard to find a class C or even a class B area of San Francisco. So I'm like, wow. it's pretty incredible. So there's so many, cause I'll, I'll get people that will ask me all the time. Like I said, people that want to invest in apartment buildings in San Francisco and they'll ask me like, what's the best neighborhood in San Francisco? And I'm like, God, there's like 15 now, you know, it's kind of hard to say. It really depends on what somebody's looking for, obviously, and where they're working. But so in terms of, of class these days, honestly, I don't know if there'd be anywhere where you can go wrong by not putting in, but there's also, of course, there's cost to it. You, you want to make sure that it pencils out. You need to make sure, depending on the type of washer you're putting in, you have to have the right power. So, and these old buildings, sometimes there's not enough power. So there's things that go into it, obviously, that you have to make sure you're crunching the numbers on. But I mean, a lot of the, even in the smaller studios in the downtown area of San Francisco, it's making sense now, at least to put in those. And a lot of some owners are, are doing it where, you know, they're adding to just at least the under the counter in the kitchen, single combo washer dryer. Okay. And the third thing was allowing pets. I know it's like, I mean, it's growing like mad as far as the people who, who want pets, you know, as opposed to, you know, many years ago, it just wasn't as popular to have a, a pet in the home. But now, like you said, it's like, they're one of the children in, in a lot of homes, you know? And so I can see why it's so important that we change our way of thinking somewhat about not allowing pets in our units because we're going to turn away a lot of very qualified tenants. What are some, some things we need to be thinking about when we're offering units for people with pets as opposed to if we're strongly against it? Yeah, no. So there's, uh, I am a, a little bit biased because I am a, a pet owner myself, a, a dog, dog dad. I rescued my uh, 12-year-old Basset Hound from the SPCA. He was four when I rescued him. So I've had him for eight years and I don't have any kids. I just have my dog and, and uh, you know, my wife and I just have our dog. So I'm a little biased. So whenever I meet with owners, I'm, I'm always trying to encourage them to you know, accept pets. I took a CCRM class, which is, stands for California Certified Resident Manager Training, because I've managed apartment buildings also. And the uh, instructor always uh, had mentioned that um, there's no such thing as bad pets, only bad pet owners. So if you're, which I thought was a, a good line. So if you're screening people correctly and you're asking, you're getting some references for the dog and you can even, you meet the dog. And if you have a good management, good building manager or property management company that can make sure that they're explaining all the rules for dogs and, you know, and making sure like I always make sure that, you know, the buildings that I live in, that the dogs are always on a leash, you know, keep them on a short leash you know, make sure if you have to take them out, make sure you take them out, try and take them. I live across the street from a park now, so it's, it's perfect. It's great. You know, we can walk right across the street to a park, but you know, you're making sure like, Hey, there's certain, you just have rules for the pets and make sure that people abide by those rules. And if they're not abiding by the rules, well then it might be a little bit more management, but like I said, on the value of the rent, it's worth it. It's worth it because yeah, like I said, there's a, there's a lot of people, especially in urban areas that have, that have pets they have cats or dogs and and so it, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, like I said, I'm a big pro- su- uh, supporter of the SPCA. So I was at my last building I lived at, there was actually three different people in my building that went and adopted dogs from the SPCA. So I was pretty, pretty happy about that. 
I hadn't thought about, you know, you talked about meeting the animal. I'm not, I'm not sure what questions we should ask, but I'm just kidding. But, you know, it could tell you a lot, though, right? If they're coming in the leasing office and this it's a very large dog, you know, we'll say, and he's like lunging at everybody. Well, that tells you something right there, right? But that's going to tell you a lot about the training of the animal and things like that as well. But but yes, I mean, it's a must now to allow pets, no doubt about it. Do you Should we charge extra for that or is it just like this is what we accept? I suggest to my owner clients to, you know, they take a little higher deposit. But no, yeah, not on that. There's some landlords that, that, that would charge pet rent. But yeah, I usually, that, I mean, the way that my units are, are priced for my clients when they come to market is I know that we're getting market rent. So, you know, trying to squeeze another, whatever it is, 50 bucks a month is to me, is just not really worth it. Just take a little higher deposit. Sure. What are some things as far as marketing our units that we should be considering if we don't have somebody like you on the team to market it the best to get the most exposure and obviously keep units rented as or getting them get them rented as fast as possible? Yeah, the best professional photography that you can take or that you can you know. So I've got a you know photographers that will shoot apartments for me for about one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars. So. I, you know, I never do it myself. I hire somebody, I hire, you know, an expert who understands how to shoot real estate or apartments, you know, or, and I also rent condos and single family homes. But like I said, my main focus is apartment rentals, but so professional photography, and then let's see what else marketing. I, I post my ad on Craigslist. I use a syndication site. You know, a lot of these rental websites now you can put your ad onto one or two of these sites and they syndicate it out to other websites. So you don't have to, you know, so those 70 websites I mentioned, I don't go on every single one and post my ad on every single one. It would take days for me to, so I've got it. I can put it into a couple sites and it syndicates out to a bunch of different websites. So find a good, you know, marketing syndication site, photography. Personally, I don't like long essays of descriptions. I like bullet points, you know, and it's just, it's neighborhood built property building, and unit, you know, and then how to get a hold of me. And what I teach, you know, my leasing, what I've taught my leasing agents in the past, what I teach my leasing agents now that work with me is always, you know, you want to get those leads are obviously, you know, are extremely valuable. So you you never, you want to answer your phone right away or answer your email right away. And you want to schedule that appointment as soon as possible because someone's out looking, they're looking, there's a really good chance that they're looking to rent something in the near term and they're looking. So if you don't get in touch with them right away, explain your, your value, explain how you can help them and try and get that appointment, they'll pro- they're, they're, there's a good chance they're going to go somewhere else. Mm. So what about you know, like reviews on all these websites? How do we get better reviews? Better reviews in terms of uh, like, like the uh, leasing agents or like leasing brokerages in terms of like getting reviews from people like yeah, I, I guess I was just thinking about through the leasing process, you know, you want potential tenants to, you know, read good reviews. You want there to be lots of good reviews on there. And I know we got to perform, right? I mean, it, it needs to, you know, we have to perform as far as management and things like that and and a uh, quality of unit and things at, at the property. But any ways that, you know, we can be proactive in getting good reviews so it makes the leasing process a little easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the last investment group that I I worked at when I managed uh, the entire leasing team, we in San Francisco, which is a pretty tough city to be a landlord, but on the leasing side, we had four stars out of five on Yelp. And now with uh, my leasing company that I started, I've got five stars. And the thing that I always have 
told my agents, and then I always remember myself, is that leasing is a service business. It's not a sales business. It's a service business. So you're there. People are, it's moving and, and trying to find a new place to live is stressful. So you want to you wanna be there to, you know, obviously help them. I'm an expert in San Francisco. I'm very confident I can find you a, a place to live. So I always keep that mindset. It's a service business. I'm taking care. Of, I also, I have my owner clients that I'm, I'm working with, but I, my clients are also tenants and renters and potential renters. So I want to make sure that they're happy. And uh, yeah, you know, you just, I can't tell you how many times you'd be surprised that people will email me or call me. And then when I meet them and I show them a place, they're like, I called like four different places and you're the only one that answered the phone. You're the only one that got back to me. And just staying in contact. And, and I always try and be as upfront as possible with people, upfront about the area, upfront about the building. I don't like somebody to get to a point where they have a lease in front of them and they're looking at the lease or God forbid they move in after the fact, you know, and like, hey, you didn't tell me about this. I didn't know about this. Mm. It's so much better. That's why I'm, I rarely have, you know, I mean, I'm not perfect, but Rarely have I had situations where people, like I said, they have a lease in front of them and they have all these different, they have questions or they're surprised or after they move in, they're surprised about it because I've always thought that, you know, I, you want to just make sure that you're upfront about everything ahead of time. You don't run into problems down the road and yeah, and then everybody's happy because it's not, I don't want to put somebody into an apartment where they're not going to be happy or they're going to, yeah, or they're going to, sure. yeah, they're going to be upset. No surprise. So yeah, I've always done that. So it's, it's service-based return the people's calls, return their texts, return their, even if it's bad news, like, you know, Hey, we, you didn't get the apartment and went to somebody else or you're declined for this. Just get back to people and explain and answer their calls and answer their questions. And, you know, like I said, look at it as, as a service based business and not as a, if I rent this, I'm going to make a commission on it. All right, David, a few more questions before we run out of time. What's a way you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? Yeah. So I've definitely, now that I've gone out on my own and started my own business, I, I've had to be become more disciplined and get into a routine. I've actually hired a, a real estate business coach who I meet with uh, once a week for 30 minutes. And we go over strategic planning. He holds me accountable. And so that has helped me out a lot. And so, um, yeah, just uh, doing that. And then just just sticking to that to that routine of you know making sure I'm making my calls and working my plan and 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 also you know obviously not trying not to work too much. I really love what I do, and when you're leasing apartments and homes and condos, you can tend to work on the weekends you know quite a bit, so mm-hmm. making sure I take a little bit of time for my myself and my wife and my dog and a little bit of uh, relaxing time. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success you know i'm I'm very fortunate and lucky to have grown up very close to San Francisco. I love the city of San Francisco. I love the people. I love the culture. I love the buildings. And I love uh, real estate. I love the uh, architecture. So I'm passionate about what I do. And I'm excited to go to work every day. And so that's, that's helped me immensely. And so people can see that. I think it's something if you were, people were to, were to talk about me, they, they'd say that I'm, I'm sure they would say I'm passionate about what I do and enthusiastic and positive. And, and when you're Working with people and, and like I said, providing a service to to get them. You want them to be. Uh, you you want them to, to to be to understand that that you know they're working with somebody who who really um, enjoys what they do and who's happy and there to help them. And so, wow, oh, that's awesome. It's it's great to be excited about what you're doing every day. Uh, but tell us how you like to give back. Two things. I support the SBCA, so I donate and volunteer. My uh, both my wife and I do. 
And they're an incredible organization. I got my dog from there eight years ago, the nicest people. And so, um, you know, I do whatever, whatever I can to support the SPCA. The other thing I'm doing now is I actually have uh, sponsored one individual who wanted to get into real estate. Uh, there was a volunteer program that I, I helped out at, but it was really more, i trying to make this a quick story. It was really more geared towards engineers being in San Francisco, kids that maybe weren't able to go to college that wanted to learn how to code and then become an engineer. So I'm a realtor here I'm the, and I came in and nobody chose me to be their mentor except for one, one young gentleman came up and asked me about what I do. And he said, I really would love to get into real estate. So I sponsored him and he is almost done with his real estate classes. He's going to take his test in probably about three weeks. And then once he's licensed, you know, for in the state of California, he'll come in and work at my office and be on his way. And uh, he's the first and I hope to to sponsor and, and help mm-hmm. others uh, like that, to get them into real estate. And like I said, whether they come and work with me and they do leasing and lease apartments and condos and homes for the next 10 years, maybe they come and do it for a year and then they realize they want to get into sales or they want to do loans or they want to get into property management. It doesn't really matter to me. I just want to help people you know, get their foot in the door and, and create an opportunity for them. Well, thanks for sharing that, David, and giving back in that way. Uh, tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Yeah, so follow me on Instagram, Renting SF. So R-E-N-T-I-N-G-S-F, or my website, which is rentingsfonline.com. And that's got my my email, my phone number on it. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.